Again, I'm your host, International Five. Um, today, I got a special guest calling from Ohio. I got my biological brother on the phone, and tonight is going to be a very, very deep, 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 deep hardcore point topic. And um, this is something that I want to, you know, touch the soul with. To the point where, you know, we're going to touch a lot of things because I'm going to break down of how we, I'm just going to break down a lot in this conversation. So, um, I'm going to introduce my brother, Josh, speak to the people. Hello, world. Hardcore point of views. So, you know how we do it over here. We're going to, um, keep it hard. Um, how about some hardcore? You know, we like it raw. <laughs> so, uh, how would I, how would I start this off? Well, let me give y'all a little rundown of me and my brother. Now, this is a brother that, you know, me and him, we wasn't, we wasn't raised up with each other. You know, um, we didn't unite until I was in my thirties. And he was in his 20s. And um, the reason for that was that, um, you know, you heard, the, you heard the saying, Papa was a rolling stone. Unfortunately, my pops was a rolling stone. And um, he was the type of man that is uh, a womanizer. And he was a man who had babies all over the place. From what we gathered he got over 20-something kids all over the place from New York to West Virginia, all throughout Ohio, Detroit, and whoever else knows. Me and my brother, you know, um, I believe I met him when we was younger. See, when I was younger, he was a baby. Um, I remember my father came around one day and came to, came to get me. He spent like two weeks, like a couple of days with me. He brought me around him. I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't remember wholeheartedly. I couldn't remember. So, um, yeah, but he took me around, around my brother back then. And from then, I never had any kind of contact with him from then on. I've always knew I had family on my father's side. I always knew I had a brother and sister. I didn't know how many though. So, um, throughout the years, um, you know, my, my incarceration, I came home and, um, I started looking for my family. I, cause I, you know, on my mom's side, it was, it was such of a uh, dysfunctional and, um, I had a very, very bad experience, many very bad experiences growing up on my mother's side, you know, um, due to cycles vicious cycles of being repeated over and over generations and generations. And um, so I started reaching out to my brother, my, my, my father's side. And I wound up, I got in contact with my um, one of my brother's mothers, another one, another brother. And um, after a while, I kept, you know, trying to get in contact with my brother, her son. And um, so one day she's like, you know, if I give you my um, if I give you your father's number, would you leave me alone? Leave my would you leave my son alone? You know, and just and get your other family and, and go with them and just leave 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 my son alone, please. So I lied to her. I said, yeah, sure, I will. I promise you, I will. Um, nobody gonna make a promise like that. Keep, come on, this is your family. So um, I wound up 
this is how I want to be with my brother, Josh, that I'm on the phone with now. And um, I met him. This was at, well, it was 2008. I believe I was um, 32 at the time. Yeah, 31 or 32, somewhere around there. And um, we started building a relationship from then. Um, yeah, we started building a relationship relationship from them, from then on. And um, we've been in contact now since what 2008. It's about 13 years, right? Right, Josh? Yeah. Or going, going yeah. 14 yeah. years? Yeah. Um, it's been a rocky road. It's been a rocky road with me and him throughout the years because you know when you when you go when you just reach when you want to meet people in your late adult years you like I don't, I don't know this dude like we don't know this, we don't know each other so you gotta learn learn the individual you gotta learn different different ways you come from different ways and walks of life but you got the same blood um and that's how that's how we uh we connect and throughout the years you know we had our differences and all that and we build and we you know, we, we we patched it up, got back together, broke back together, broke and until until we at now, we we in a good place with each other, and um, this is all because, you know, my father chose not to get in, to bring us together as uh as brother and sister, as brother as brothers and sisters. Period. Uh, we got many sisters and we got many brothers, so. This is his failure to bring us together as as family, as brothers. And um the damage that it done to both of us is astronomical. And um we're gonna get into that. And um, my whole purpose of saying that is because we as black men, we are trying to look out, we're trying to get in a whole different direction where we don't make that mistake that our father did to us because our father chose to be a womanizer and he he chose to run in and out of jail to go back and forth to jail my father our father did over 30 something years and he's proud of it and we are two black men like I said we come from two, two different ways of walks of life I was walking into my father's footsteps and God has stopped me. So I won't make the same mistakes that he did. And um, my brother, he's in a different situation. He's in a different predicament. He's a working man, take care of his family, doing what he got to do. So Josh, let's give a little insight from here on. I'm gonna let you talk so we can give a little insight and let the people know and we get deeper into this conversation. Oh, okay. Um, well, uh, I guess we can start with uh, a little background. Uh, I guess my whole name is Josh Joshua Ishmael Holmes. I guess I was named by my dad and my mom combined, but more or less, I didn't become a junior, which is, uh, I'm kind of happy for at this point in my life. But uh, I'm 38, uh, born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, graduated in 2001 from uh, Mifflin High School. Attended college, but uh, I had to cut that short from DeVry uh, Institute at the time before it became the Raw University. Um, and I used my uh, tuition money to pretty much take care of the family as much as I knew how. Uh, having a pops in and out really wasn't that great, but uh, thank God I had a strong mom that um, held it down for us. Uh, five kids in one household with a mom who used to be a nurse, a registered nurse, and then kind of got injured and lost her ways with that and had to go on welfare and public assistance, which she made $800 work for uh, monthly, 
which was inspiring for somebody like me to not have a dad around or a male figure to look up to and try to mirror myself after. So I kind of had the pressure of um, being great based on me being part of a broken family. Uh, I was the only one to graduate in my family at the time. My brothers and sisters kind of got their GED later on in life as they got older and see the importance of the system needing to have some type of accolades up under your belt. But I've always was looked at weird based on the fact that Mr. John, which is my dad, um, by him being my father, I had a lot of pressure on me from my brothers and sisters and cousins and family members because of what he set forth and had the image of his kids and his offspring looking like. So nobody really wanted to deal with me. Um, thought I was a thief. Thought I was a, a, a hardhead kid. Like this is all based on being uh, his uh, son. And um, it kind of, it bothered me for years and stuff like that. But uh, for the most part, I kind of took it at, at, and as motivation. So it helped me graduate. It helped me stay focused. Had me hustling. That's one great thing I got from the DNA of him. I got hustling in my bloodline. So it kind of had me working since I was nine, nine years old, buying clothes and school clothes and stuff because my mom couldn't afford it. So I went out and did it myself. I didn't have to dig too much into the street life because I was just a hustler. So I, I hustled candy, popsicles, water, cut grass, take out trash, babysit, whatever I could to make money in, in the legal sense. Um, kind of dabbed into being a runner for some of the street guys, but that didn't really last too long because I was into sports and stuff like that. So that kind of took my time. But I've always been a hardworking individual. I never really cared too much to have a father because of the fact that my mom was so strong and was an enabler to get me to a point where I felt like I wasn't really missing anything. I guess, in a sense, I would never know what that's like to really have like a, a father-son relationship because my dad always looked at me kind of odd. Uh, maybe I could, because I look like his brother. Maybe it could be some jealousy shit. Maybe it could be just the fact that he didn't do a great job with me and the guilt burns internally. Or maybe he's just a cold-hearted dude. I don't know. But it, it it's not too much serious. Um, great things came out of that. Uh, I had a daughter uh, who I love. Her name is Araya. Um, I do everything for her. She like the reason I breathe, so I tattooed her name on my neck. Um, like my brother said, uh, 2008, I got a mysterious phone call while I was at work. And, um, dude telling me, uh, you know me? And I'm like, nah. Yeah, you know me. And I'm like, mm -mm, I don't know you. I'm Sean. And I was like, Sean who? I'm your brother, man. And I was like, what? So I had to confirm this with my mom. So I called my mom, asked her, who is this dude, man? Talking about he know me, man. And she was like, that's your brother. And I'm like, my brother? Who, the, who gave this dude my number and shit? So going to find out my dad did. Uh, I wasn't really too fond about it. But at the end of the day, though, like, I mean, it, it's probably one of the best things that could have happened based on inspiration and, and having somebody uh, somebody older than you that's been through a lot of different things and have a strong head on their shoulder and like had that same bloodline of hustle mentality, which you can feel it when you're around them. Um, but like he said, we started off a little shaky. Of course, two high head dudes, two dudes come from 
from the type of backgrounds we came from. I mean, his might be a little bit more rougher than mine, but just the fight of being shunned from a family, being an outcast, we definitely can relate on that standpoint. Uh The fact of the matter is, though, uh, even though I got brothers uh, locally with me, I still feel like he he was more impactful to this day just by hold that, real Hold that thought real quick. We're going to get back. We're going to take a break real quick and we're going to come right back. What's up? Welcome back to Hardcore Points of View with the guest, my brother Josh. Finish what you were saying, bro. Oh uh, yeah. Um, this, this is like uh, just just the reflecting of uh, just the people that impact you to like at, at this point in your life, and uh, I learned to love from a distance with. With, with more or less like the, the motto, or I guess you could say the way people say shit, fuck with who fuck with you, love who love you. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't allow yourself to get caught up in in things that it, it has no substance and doesn't doesn't push the uh the goalposts forward. So uh, like my motto is forward always. So I never go ahead and look back unless I'm just looking back as a reflection. Um Definitely learned some shit from from bro. Uh, just inspired by somebody uh, with that type of background, and to see uh, how well his head is still uh, attached to him, and in the maturity of a grown man who's been through a lot of different things and a lot of variables in life and shit, and shit I haven't never experienced or. Uh, want to experience at that at that point um but definitely proud of my bro um like like i said i got two brothers one's elijah one's lena um that's come from directly from my mom so i grew up with them but of course i never fit fit in too well because i always had a point to prove I always was had to be more than than anybody else. I had to make sure I had straight A's. I had to make sure my clothes was the freshest. I had to make sure I was getting the females. And to me, because other than that, I was uh, I was gonna be pushed to the to the wayside to the, like a shadow. Um, so, so let's speak. Speaking on pops, right? Right. And being a womanizer and running yeah. in the streets. Yeah, like they would, like they say, quote unquote, outside. Pops was always outside. For sure, and he really, he never had no, he had, he had no never. He was hustling, sticking up, robbing all that, back and forth right. in the penitentiary, and making babies all over the place. He didn't. How, how did that affect you? How did how did, how how you believe that affect you? And I'm gonna tell you how it affect me. Um, on my end, it's kind of odd though because, and I look back on it. I mean, every I feel like this: every young man growing up always wondered who was gonna be their superhero. So, like the mom, the mom is always the first woman you fall in love with before yes. you decide to go outside the house and. Really uh-huh. find that love to connect with on a different level, but the father was always the one you wanted to mirror yourself after, even uh-huh. even if people did not realize it or wanted to accept it. That's what we all have done. 
you got people in families where the father has a business and they pass it down to their son and the son actually takes the business and that be his life because he wanted to be like his father. But with me, when I found out what my dad was into and everything and seeing that my dad was like a revolving door, it wasn't too much inspiring. It didn't really gravitate. I didn't like pull myself into that. Um, I definitely had identity crisis uh, because of the fact that I didn't have nothing to look up to, but the, the dudes in the street, you know what I'm saying? Because I mean, my brother was kind of doing the same shit. Uh, my little brother, I couldn't look up to him. He doing his thing and shit. But me on my own, I had to find myself. I had to finagle my way through through everything like gunplay, drugs, certain things, stick up kid. You know what I'm saying? Doing different things and none of it really resonated. Um, the fact of the matter when my dad was telling me certain shit, like I don't mean shit to him, watching him pretty much buy me school clothes and then because he's not getting his way with my mom, he take all my shit back. That type of shit impacted me because I didn't understand it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And um, it put me in a position to like not really want to be around that. So I just I never cared to build a relationship. So I held a grudge. So anybody who called me my dad or said I was my dad, I turned myself into that monster because I felt like I had no other identity. I couldn't find myself in in a in school, trying to be what I was because I was great. I was doing fucking phenomenal. But when things like that happened, it kind of impacted me to a point where I could have went left. I definitely could have went left. Um, but because of my mom, like I said, she kind of always kind of straightened that, that, that zigzag inside of me out so that I can focus on what I needed to do. But not having that relationship with my dad is definitely, it, it definitely was like a burden because like I said, every male just want some type of male figure that he can actually mirror himself after. That's why That's you get fact. dudes chasing LeBron, want to be like LeBron, want to be like their favorite football player. Then you get some street dudes that want to wear the jewelry, get the cars, get the clothes, trying to copy off their favorite rap artists. Even if the life is not real and it's fictitious, it's just the fact that people want to find themselves. People want to like have an identity of, of wantness. So it's so, like- So would you say would you say uh, the effect of how Pops did, the effect that he left on you, it uh, it kind of, it altered your life. It, 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 it caused a real, it, it was very detrimental on you emotionally and caused you to be an ep to a certain degree. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, I mean, that you can't deny. Even so when you say, hey, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. So when 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 you hear when you hear black men saying other black men older black men they always say you know I'm outside yo I'm I'm, I'm in that life you know it's about that life how do you, how how do you think your how what is your views on that when you hear black men say I'm outside you know and, and you know they're older and they got kids how do you think that they feel and what kind of detrimental effect does you think that they they cause on their kids. I mean, a lot. Subconsciously. Because, like, uh, I mean, when when you're when you're glorifying uh, that type of behavior, knowing knowing like the the outcomes of it, like most of the time when you're dealing with streets or you're dealing with like uh, somebody with with a hardened like attitude or something like that. It's only a couple ways you can go with that shit. So like when you when you got kids and they they're looking at that, 
that's what they think that you got to think like it's like a tree with roots like a tree when it grows like when it's being watered a certain way like it has to be watered it has to constantly constantly be watered to even grow so if you watering your child with these thoughts with this with this imagery with with this rhetoric with, with the way you are I mean that that's exactly there's it turns into what we consider bro is that that curse that family curse and it causes that person to have that dark cloud that follows them and it never goes nowhere and you never understand it because a lot of times you never you might not even get to have these type of conversations where you can understand why are you so hard why are you so protective why are you so like aggressive when somebody says a certain thing to you and you don't realize you just missed out on a hug all you probably wanted was a hug from your dad or just Mm. him to say he got your back or him to say i fucked up and and you don't need to be like that some of these cats out here just rolling around without no figure bro none whatsoever so they mirror themselves after whatever feels comfortable enough to basically say, okay, I can see myself doing that. And seeing, because what, what it comes down to is, it's a it's a feeling that everybody's chasing. You know, like how the, the movie called The Pursuit of Happiness, right? When you mm-hmm. pursue happiness, you're pursuing it. It don't ever mean you're going to get it. It just means you're pursuing it. So if you're in a pursuit to happiness and you never get the taste of that happiness, you're always going to be pursuing it. So that's what happens with us as men when we don't have these father figures or these what we call pioneers or these old school vets that will sit here and sit. Listen, youngin, this is not where it's at. This is because what happens is glorifying the like I said, the behavior the, the lifestyle and all that, nobody tells them the dark side of it. Nobody tells them what goes on when you go to jail. Nobody Never tells done. them how many, how many years you lose off your life. Nobody tells mm. them how hard it is to come back out here and Preach get your brother. shit together. So when, when, you got, when you got somebody like you that's been through the system and know what it's like and know the struggle and know how you gotta kinda like start completely the fuck over and have somebody else trusting you that you're doing the right thing and you're not going to relapse. It is a hard fucking pill to swallow. But a lot of these kids don't get that. They don't get that real, that raw information. They don't get that. They don't like the rap shit. They talk about all this glorifying, but nobody talks about what happened. Nobody just and that's what, And that's what gets me upset. You know, with, with, I see a lot of people on YouTube. I see a lot of people on Instagram. I see these dudes, they always say, you know, I'm trying to teach the youth. I'm here to teach the youth. And actually, honestly, they're not trying to teach the youth nothing. Nowadays, these OGs or these so-called OGs and these so-called dudes that's, you know, you know, trying to teach the youth right. It's all about a dollar. It's it's all about getting back. Because there's no way in hell that you're going to tell me that you know, I've been through it. Matter of fact, let me let me break a hole. Let me let me go down in history. Let me just let y'all know something. My father, when I say when people say, you know, I'm outside. When we speak about when you say you outside, my father was outside. My father was robber, sticker, gambler, drug dealer, <coughs> womanizer. My father was out there. He 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 bragged about it. He said he was. He, I remember he told me he was the first first dude who opened up the four building. He, and he bragged about it. He said, you know, I was one of the first dudes to open up the four building. And he sat there and bragged about it to me. This this is my fault, but this one that was years later, you know. See, the, the detrimental things that my father did to me, man, when, when you young and you, you a man and, you know, a lot of men, they make kids. They go out there and they make kids and you know, you know, if you don't get along with the woman, all right, cool, no problem. Granted, whatever. But still be in that kid's life because you don't know the domino effect that you are having when you don't be in that kid's life. 
the first thing that you can do when a kid is born, the first hero a kid has is mommy and daddy. When daddy is gone, that automatically causes a self-esteem issue. And a, 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 it, it makes a kid feel like you're not wanted, like you was thrown away like garbage. Even though you got mommy, even though you got, even though you got mommy, it makes you feel like you still was thrown away like garbage because this is supposed to be my superhero and right. he don't want nothing to do with me. He turned his back on me. So right. from the door growing up, once I was able to understand, I started to have a, a self-esteem problem. Let's take a break right now. We're going to come back. of view got my brother Josh on the phone and on the line and this is going to be a uh we're going to get deeper so where were I was at you so, uh talking about uh how 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 bad it is when uh when a father just leaves his kids like abandoned oh definitely abandoned issues like, yeah I'm done with that I, I'm still, yes I still have a uh an effect of that right now like shit yes that that was a fact of when a kid when 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 a kid was born when when I when I started to understand I started to have abandonment issues and self esteem problems and not only that not only that see my father left my mother bitter and so being that he left her bitter you gotta understand the history now 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 you dealing with a vicious cycle on my mother's side now because my mother come from a side where um her mother treated her like the black sheep. And before that, my grandmother mother treated her like the black sheep. It gets deep within the black families. So my father, when he abandoned me and he left my mother bitty, you know, she was already dealing with emotional problems. Her father died in 1971 when she was a young girl. You feel what I'm saying? And mama treated her bad. You feel what I'm saying? So. When my father did what he did, now I became the enemy now. Now I became, damn, I don't even know why I had you. I should have aborted you. I should have killed you when you was in my womb. Mm. You know, I became, you look just like that motherfucker. Mm. I, 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 I hate that, I can't stand him. So now, look, now I'm a young black man being born inside of a white supremacy world. Right. Don't know nothing, I'm innocent. My father then left me, and my mother now is bitter, and I look like this dude. Now I'm getting it from both angles. So now growing up, anything I did, I got whipped. Anything I did, I got whipped, I got cursed at, I got treated. You know, they say a kid is bad when a kid is bad at a young age. From what I was understand that, I was kind of a good kid. And so my father came and got me. Remember what I was saying when he came and got me for a couple of days and brought me around oh, yeah. My, yeah. my brothers and them around y'all? Yeah. He bought me, he took me shopping, bought me uh, uh, some Adidas outfits, some show toe Adidas. I remember this, like in 83, 84. Um, <laughs> spent, spent, spent a couple of days with me when y'all came down here, y'all went back. Now, the day he brought me back to my mom's, he brought me back. And um, Tony went downstairs. I wait downstairs. He was upstairs in the building. So I'm listening, and I overhear arguing. And I hear that he's trying to, you know, I guess he's trying to get back with my mom. And when my mom's ain't trying to, you know, you know, give in to him, 
He started cursing out. They arguing. So she said, you better get the F away from my door before I call the police. He's like, F you, B. So when he came downstairs, he looked me in my eye, lit up a cigarette. So I'm happy. I'm thinking I'm going, you know, he's going to take me to Ohio with him. You know, I'm seven years old. He's smoking a cigarette. He looked at me with the ill face and smacked me in the back of my head. Bow! Kicked me in my behind. Bow! And stripped me for all the clothes he bought me. And stripped me to my pajamas and my socks to the point where I ran in the street crying. And I remember this clear as day. And he put the clothes over his arm like he was holding a suit. And walked to his car and looked back at me and laughed. Said, I ain't his son. Right? From that day, from that point of view, I, 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 that, that point, that point, I remember I was getting in trouble in school. I was doing all kinds of stuff in school. I became uh, enraged with, with anger. I was getting beat. Um, Stenching cards. I went from one thing to another. I remember doing my first robbery. I was nine years old. I used to hang this dude named Clyde in my neighborhood, in my old neighborhood, Flatbush. Um, he was like 18. He used to come get me on the block and um, had me running wild with him. He had a little 22. He used to have me hold a 22 while he digging a person's pockets and rob them and tell me, yo, if they move, the squeeze, right? Um, had me running around with him, smoking cigarettes, you know, wilding out. And I, I was young, you know what I'm saying? I, yo, like a, a kid like that, you know, you looking up to an older dude, the older dude is supposed to teach you, like, yo, listen, now you, nine years old, you out there, nine, ten. Girls are like, yo, take him back home. He ain't too young to be out here smoking, smoking weed and drinking and stuff. To make a long story short, that stopped. My mom, she definitely stopped that. My family got involved with that. That stopped. Um, uh, I was back and forth. I started stealing bikes in, in, in Marine Park when I was like 11. Um, it went from there to doing robberies at 12, and then back and forth, group homes to it. You know, so I, I was a child that I always felt that I, I had to be accepted by people. That's you know right. what I'm saying? Dropping out of school at fifth grade and going back and getting, going back to DFY and sparking back and forth. That was my life. That's who I wanted to be. Running with 18, 19, 20 year old dudes at the age of 11 and 12 smoking cigarettes, acting like I'm smoking cigarettes, drinking and buck wilding, being gang, you know, being being known in the neighborhood as a little wild kid that had a heart was what I wanted to do. That was what I wanted to do. I didn't care about school. I used to have older dudes come to get me from school to take me to Macy's and all that and help them boost. You know what I'm saying? Because I was good at it. This is, these are, was the chains of events. This is what happens when black men don't stay in their kid's life. Mm. You damage your kid. You damage your kids. You inept your kids to a point where they don't feel no hope. And once a kid don't feel no hope, you have that kid has been lost in society. Those are the ones that turn into murderers. Those are the ones that turn into thieves, the drug dealers that are destroy your communities, that's causing black genocide. Like you said earlier, Josh, a hug means a thousand words to a kid. A kid going to school in the morning and a mother sitting there and, I love you, baby, have a good day. That would mean the world to them. I don't know how many times my mother ever told me she loved me in my life. I know it's very, very, very few. You feel what I'm saying? Growing up with my brothers, um, I, got a, I got a lot of brothers, you know. We, we we come from a household where, you know, it was never really no unity. It was never no brotherhood in the household. We always fought like people on the street, nice bats, you know, uh, oh, stabbing, yeah. trying to stab each other. Oh yeah, I know all about that. You know, so um, and this come from um deep deep rooted. See, my grandmother on my mother's side, she was bitter her whole life. She died bitter with a broken heart. Because her mother gave her up after her father died, like in 1925. She gave my grandmother up to her uncle to be raised because my grandmother was dark-skinned 
and the other kids was light-skinned. And she didn't want to have nothing to do with my grandmother because she was marrying a light-skinned man. And they moved to Florida and um, Miami out there. So my grandmother was raised by her uncles in South Carolina. And when she got like about in her 20s, she moved to New York and never went back. So there's a lot of history, you know, when you have a broken person, you know, like they say, hurt people hurt people. For sure. When you when you don't heal from something and or you don't try to get help from something and you just continue to create more and create more, you're gonna cause a disastrous situation. Later on down the line, it's gonna be disastrous. So my grandmother, she wanted to have my mother. My mother's father died in 1971. My mother was like 18. After that happened, whatever, my, my grandmother and my mother, it was like a black sheep type situation. So when you don't have your mother loving you like that, and you have kids, who you think gonna get that backlash? The kid gonna get it now. So now I'm growing up, a bit of mother, a father abandoned me. So I took to the streets. That's the that's the main thing when a kid get a certain age. If they don't have the proper love, if they don't have the proper guidance, if they don't have the proper protection, if they don't have a mother who have a sense on their head or a parent that have a sense on their head, you know, a straight head and 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 and, and know about compassion. That kid will get led astray. It's so easy to get pulled in them streets. I got pulled in them streets and them streets devoured me. Like every other black man, they devour you. You you hear these people talking about, yeah, I've been in the streets since I was this, I was that, and, and this and that, and, and, and I bust my gun. Listen, I done ran in the streets, I done got into shootouts, I done been into all types of things, up and down to, I didn't spend a lot of time in my life incarcerated. I'm not proud of none of that because coming from a product of who created you, my so much damage within me to the point where I, I was so bitter when I was young. I used to think like, damn, you know, he hate me, she hate me. Damn, nobody don't care about me. I don't care about nothing. And when you're a young black man, you already got strikes against you as a black man. You're in a white man's world. You're in a racist world. So the strikes that was against me, it belittled my, my self-esteem. I had, I, had a, I had a very low self-esteem. I had a very low everything. I, I, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe I could do certain things. I didn't believe in none of that. Getting a future, going to college, to being a fireman, a policeman, a judge, or a doctor, all that shit was out the window. I didn't want, I didn't, that wasn't even my, that wasn't my, that wasn't, not even trying to be a carpenter or, 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 or being a plumber, janitor. That wasn't even in my dreams. My dream was running the streets, getting a reputation, hurting our kind, hurting our kind to get respect. And this is what we do as black people. We, we, we leave. We leave the young generation out there and we don't guide them right. I didn't have nobody guiding me right. My, the elder people that I had around me was uh, putting packs in my hand. You know, giving me a hammer to, to go do things, to go shoot the block up, and do, do, do foul things. You know, so I paid a great deal of my life, man. I gave a great deal. I've been through a lot, went through a lot, suffered a lot. And um, the man I am today, I look back and I'm proud of that because I could say that I walked the line that most people didn't. I was supposed to be dead at 16 years old. I was supposed to be dead at 18. I was supposed to be dead at 21. I had family members that used to, that used to cast me out, count me out, look down on me, belittle me and, 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 and Talk to talk about me in disgrace. I had family members that wanted to see me in a casket instead of being alive. 
I had family members that was wishing drunk jail on me, wishing that this happens to me and that happens to me. So when you come from a damaged family as a child, that brings a lot of effect on these young, on black men, period. It brought a lot of effect on me. I didn't really learn myself until I got in my late 30s. I didn't love myself until I went to Ohio in 2011 and released all the anger I had against my father. I sat down with him and had a heart-to-heart talk to him. And I understand of why he did what he did. I don't, I forgave him, but I understand. He was a hurt person. He didn't have, he didn't have love like that. So like I said, hurt people, hurt people. You see how this cycle goes? We're gonna take a minute and I'm gonna come back. of view um here my build in the building with my brother josh but like i was saying when i went to ohio you know to visit my father and really have that heart-to-heart talk when i went to go meet my brother and everybody so i, I went to his house and i had a real heart-to-heart talk i wanted to understand all the stories that i heard and i wanted to hear from his point of his side and we talk from sunup to dawn. And um, I finally let all that anger go out of my body. The anger that I had at one point, I had so much anger in me that I hated the blood that boiled in my body. I hated the way I look. I hated the blood. I hated being alive. I hated my mother. I loved her, but I hated her at the same time. And him, I hated him. I couldn't stand him. I wanted to put a hole in him so bad when I was younger. And um, he talked to me, man. And and uh, the hurt that that he was going through, I could understand now. I could see the vicious cycle of what we do as black men. I can see it. See, he had nobody to love him. His mother, he watched his father womanize, abuse, abuse his mother, beat her up to oblivion, cheat on her, destroy her psychologically and mentally, emotionally, and then throw her in a crazy house and turn all her kids against her while he remarried the same woman that he was cheating on her with. And the damage that he went through and he seen, he runs in the streets. Team, he ain't got no proper guidance. So he went out there and he got caught up all up in the street life, made babies all over the place. So what can you expect from a man who's damaged who nobody never loved him like that? Like I said again, hurt people, hurt people. We already got strikes against us as a black man. Right. And I say that to say, Pops always said, I'm outside. I was outside. He bragged about his life. I remember when I was younger, I used to run in the streets and I used to always call myself Convict Shawon. And Convict Shawon was a name where 
you had to a convict. You in and out of jail. So you know what that means. I was living in the footsteps of my father. And I felt that I had to do stuff to live up to that name. Like, you know, get locked, do a crime to get locked up. Do something to get locked up. If I was home for two weeks, I had to get locked up. If I was home a month, I had to get locked up. I had to do something to live up to that name so people know, yeah, yeah, he lived up to his name. Because when you don't have no real guidance and you don't have no real father figures, you don't have nobody training you or teaching you right way. A lot of us black men, we have the wrong, we look up to the wrong people. The wrong people lead us. The wrong people plant seeds in us and, and guide us in the wrong way. And if you don't have that, the streets will devour you. And you know what gets me upset, man? A lot of these guys on YouTube and Instagram, they get up there and they say, you know, I need to, we need to teach these kids and teach these kids this and teach these kids that. Right. But then on the flip side of that, they glorifying their life for what they did in the past. Yeah, I did this. Yeah, I'm about that. Like, you know this, you know that, you know this. And they don't really, they, they, they give points, they give points, but then at the same time, it's like, they gotta glorify themselves and you know, they can't make themselves seem like they are a reformed man and change and what they used to do was savage work and you know, people who destroy the community doing savage work and I don't, I don't they don't they don't they won't denounce that part of their life. They won't denounce that behavior because they still gotta have some type of sense of belonging to them people. Sure. And I and, and this is what gets me upset, man, because Yo, people tell me, yo, five. You know, um, yo, why you why you feel like that? Because I've been saying to myself, like, yo, I've been there. I know what it is to do. I did 10 years. All together, you want to add it up, 12 and a half. I know what it's like, man. I know what it's like to sit there and be locked up with, with kids that 16, 17 years old, got 100 years, got 99 years, got to the sun burn out. Babies, just turned 16. I had one dude I was locked up with, right? And I remember to this day, good brother. Well, I say he's a good brother, you know, he's young. He caught a body, he caught three bodies, actually. And he killed three people. He was working for somebody, big time dude in the Bronx. I don't know what but um, the feds had came down on a Rico, and they grabbed home the dealer up. Mm. And um, so he turned on his worker, gave his worker up that caught three bodies for him, and he paid his worker five thousand dollars for killing three people for him. Mm. And and homie told me he said, "Yo, man." If I could change my life and never went down that road, I would change it. He said, the dude that I work for betrayed me. And he, and this is this was a known dude at the time, drug dealer dude. When the feds came down on him, he gave him up. And to this day, Corey, big head Corey got a hundred years. And he told me when I write my book, cause I was writing a book at the time, he said, when I was writing my book, he said, I want you to, I want you to mention me in my book, man. Please do that for me, man. He said, because I ain't going to never see the light of day. A hundred years. Can you imagine just being 16, 17 years old and getting that much time? I didn't walk the yards with babies, man. I didn't been around people whose babies don't even understand what life is about. And when I see these dudes get online and they glorify that shit, that shit hurts, the, it hurts me so mad, man. Because it's like, how are you supposed to change when you, if you a reformed man, why are you into gang activities and gang topics? Why are you into who's snitching and who's a bitch in the street and who's 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 gangster and who's not and who getting money? When you a reformed man, you away from all that. You denouncing all that. So I had people tell me, yo, I lost my mind because the way I talk and the way I speak. But when you walk the walk I walk, and you walk the life that I walk, and you lived, walked in the shoes that I walk from the pain and suffering and hurt from childhood to adult, then you will understand why I feel the way I feel. These young kids, man. Basically, 
I think like this, bro. With with that with that being said, um, definitely a deep topic. Um, uh, when when you talk about a person that says they're reformed and they uh, they basically um, they they're teaching the youth and all that, just look at it this way. Because of all the trauma, all the abandonment issues, all the trust issues that black men face, not we're we're not denouncing women, but we're just focusing on men right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you gotta look at it like this, like 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 how you how, how you brought up the whole pop situation, and, and yet it took you to talk to him to find that closure, to give him his chance to speak his song of why he moved the way he did, why he wasn't a father, why he wasn't able to do this, why he couldn't connect on this level. You gotta understand, man, a lot of us men are hurt little boys that physically grow up and get older, but that hurt little boy never do because he never finds closure. So you have a hurt little boy raising boys. Mm. And that's That's a killer. Because the thing is, like, if you, if like you said, the biggest issue in the black community, what they call PTSD, is the fact that none of us ever had a chance to heal. None of us have a chance to pretty much conform to the reality that we live in today. So we all carry this hurt and we hurt everything around us, whether it's intentional or unintentional we hurt people because of the, the the our plight because of the struggle because of watching our our parents go through with a form of rape a form of disrespect violence you know what i'm saying drug abuse and everything that we've dealt with in in our in our in our adolescence growing up into adulthood that's why a lot of us don't become super successful and like master our capabilities is because we're hurting hurting little boy walking around trying to pretty much become men through the eyes of the world yep and that's a fact Uh, it it takes just for just for a young black man you know if 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 more black men was the if if they mother was to pay if they parents was to pay more attention to them and cater to them more, like like, just for instance, just 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 for a, a young black man, a young black boy, you see on Instagram, you'll see these parents, some of these 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 ignorant parents, they would have their kids smoking weed, gold chain on them, and 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 and, and twerking online, and and it, it's like the mentality is so deep, it's it's, it's such a vicious cycle that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you train your kid that way, you training your kid already for failure. You feel oh, what I'm yeah. saying? A lot of us, a lot of us black men that we grow up with, one thing I had so much anger in me. All I ever did was wanted to be loved by my mother and accepted by my father. You know what's so crazy? I've always tried to have a relationship. You see how you with your mother? Y'all was so close. That's yeah. something that I will never experience with my mother. I've yeah. never had a relationship. I've never had no type of relationship with my mother from since a kid. I don't even, I don't, I don't to have a relation, a mother and son bond is foreign to me. I don't understand that. I never had it and I never will. You feel what I'm saying? I'm 45 now. My mother's 60, going on 68. Inshallah, right? right? right. I, I don't understand that. So, but see, a lot of that stuff, when a young black, young black kid growing up like me, growing up, I had so much rage and anger in me. And when you got so much rage and anger in you, disappointment, hurt, like you said, hurt turns into anger. Anger turns into, now you want to hurt anybody. Anybody. Somebody gonna have to relate to you. I mean, it's like, yes, it's like a socket of ventilation. And, oh, yeah. and a, a lot of us as black people in the black community, period. PTSD, we all suffer from PTSD in some shape, form, or fashion. But see, one thing about the black community, 
going to see a psychiatrist is, oh, he crazy. You know, it, 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 something, something got to be wrong with you. You're a, nut, you're a nutcase or something. But right. other nationalities, they go see a psychiatrist. You know, Italians, all white people, they go see a psych, psychiatrist. They call yeah, it, because they oh, know they can't do it on their own. Yeah, they, they go to, oh, I'm going to see, I'm going to go see therapy. They call it therapy. We go see, oh, he's going to see a, a, a psychiatrist. We, we go, oh, he's going to see a psych, a nutcase. Oh, 7.30. It ain't about 7.30 because honestly, a lot of us need help. Coming from broken homes, coming from uh, mothers on drugs, father alcoholic, father in and out of jail, father abandonment, mother beating on you, coming from being around crack, crack, crackhead, shooting, murder, fights. People, you see black, you see a uh, uh, fight breaking out in the middle of the street. All people do is look. You'll see a person trying to stab him. Oh, he's trying to stab him. Oh, yo, stab that, stab him, stab him, stab that nigga. Ooh, ooh, ooh. It's like we, it's like we look, we are so immune to these savage acts that is normal to us. And that is a person that suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, you know, you gotta think of it like this though, bro. Peep this. Okay. So we go into the imagery, right? Like you you know you know what's was so detrimental to to our culture and, and our community of melanated people is, is the issue that even the people we look up to in some form of fashion they're they're selling out. Why? Because when they give you roles to degrade or perpetuate a black culture that is not of our people of the betterment it puts us 10 steps behind so if this is a race we constantly getting hurdles and shit thrown at us and our own people are signing up for it so it's like the whole challenge shit that we got nobody ever throws a challenge out by helping the homeless going out just reaching out to a group of guys on a corner and telling them, "Hey, I, I care about y'all. I, I want I want y'all to do the I, I want y'all to do the best. I want y'all to be greater than anything y'all can imagine." You don't have nobody doing that type of challenge. You got motherfuckers doing ice challenge, bucket challenge, crate challenge, slapping people challenge fire challenge all these challenges that don't do nothing but distract us from actually prospering and getting up out of this cycle that we are cursed people and then like i said it never helps us grow and never help us manifest these images of like being successful because we constantly getting distracted by our own people being the image of fucking us our demise. Like, think about it. And there's no rap videos too much saturated as white, Chinese, or any of that. You might have it here, there, here, and there just to like move the culture forward as far as them trying to embed it into their their people. But overall, the spectrum, they're not following the trend. We are. We're following the guns, the violence, kill this dude, talk about this dude dead homie and this and that and all. all this starts from the house. It all starts from the house. Most people are being raised by technology right now and that's causing a lot of people to basically sway away from the basic fundamentals of how do you basically survive out here in a world that already think you don't supposed to be here. None of us you know, signed up None of us asked to be here. You know what I'm saying? Yep. We don't get to choose our names. We don't get to choose our fucking color of our skin. We don't get to choose who our parents are. We don't get to choose none of this shit. Like, we we just come into a situation we don't know these motherfuckers. They supposed to be raising us. We look up to them because we DNA based, and they telling us to go this way. They can mold us any type of way. They could turn us into assassins. We don't know. We could think that's just how it is in this household. That's how things are supposed to be done. But then when you individualize things and put a person into a perspective 
of trying to be an individual and then go after their own goals, live their own life, do this. You always have a jealous parent or a jealous mentor that basically want to vicariously live through that person. And they put that person into a bad predicament because that person didn't get to finish their life. So they end up putting you through it, making you live the rest of the life that they want to live. And then that cuts you short. That's what I'm saying. Like you said, the hurt people, hurt people, that's all we've ever done. That's why they came up with the crab in the barrel effect. Because they know what it's like. They know all they got to do is keep pushing this image. Keep pushing this image. We're going to eat it up because we're visual people. You see what I'm saying? And by us being visual people, anything that we see, we mimic. We're going to take anything a break real quick. We're going to yeah, take a real break. That. Right back. Shut up, 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 shut up